Welcome to Divorce Diary Show Podcast. I'm Michelle Trainer, the creator of Divorce Diary Show. We have a very special episode today with Alexandra Bowman, political cartoonist. Oh, I can't even say it. Political cartoonist and illustrator extraordinaire. Welcome to Divorce Diary Show. I'm Michelle Trina, the creator of Divorce Diary Show. And today I am super excited because I have a fabulous guest here with me today. She's the host of a Hilltop, the, the Hilltop Show, a political comedy web series and talk show based at Georgetown University with student members from across the U.S. I found her on a hashtag of late night comedy. Um, she does um, art and she's a cartoonist, political cartoonist. And I'm just ranting now because I, I just love your work. Welcome, uh-huh. Alexandra Bowman, everybody. Oh, geez. Well, thank you so that's much my, for having that's me. That's my clap track. <laughs> it's okay. It's better than what um, Wendy Williams does. So. <laughs> Do, so I love that you just did the Wendy Williams thing because I'm, I'm campaigning to get on the morning shows too, and I'm a oh. big Wendy Williams fan. No, no, it's okay. I'm a big Wendy fan, though. Aside from that, I'm trying to get my show on a, a morning show. I'm trying to do a divorce hot topic and like I live for her. Yeah. Today's her first episode. You know, Hi, Ellie. I want, I frankly, I haven't seen much of her except for her one interview with this one celebrity who will probably come up more than once in this interview. Uh, but the laugh track and the clap track was just shockingly distracting to me. It's because of the zoom, the zoom, like there's no live audiences and it's all uncomfortable, weird pauses. Mm-hmm. I watched her interview with Seth Meyers last night and I was like, yeah, it's weird. Like, and I've been watching some late night and in, in the, without the audience, it's so different. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about you. Tell everybody uh, what you do and um, uh, w- how old you are, which I'm, this, this, this girl is killing it. Okay. And I'm so <laughs> embarrassed because I'm 38 and I need to pick myself up. <laughs> but no, essentially I am, I'm 20. I am a junior at Georgetown. And uh, last summer, I decided, I had the idea, frankly, in the middle of church, but I only acted on it after church because I'm a good person, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, to, uh, I'm sorry about that sun. No, you're fine. You're totally fine. I think it's great. Sun breaking over the horizon in the background. See, see, the men I date like the sun to be glaring in my eyes so that they can't make eye contact with me. Oh. <laughs> not- <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, so I had this uh, idea to start a, essentially a mini daily show, mini SNL last week tonight combo at Georgetown. Oh my You're god. You're Sorry. Okay, full, full, full disclosure, like I usually do all interviews and Zoom meetings in my room, but my dad is working next door and to be like as loud and open as I need to be, I, I, I need to have space. Exactly. No, Damn it, Dad, and you're working. <laughs> you just have to get used to the sun. I'll lean in. You're fine. I don't care if my listeners go blind. But let me tell you something. This is some good. Sh- the fact, the fact that you have started something around the like that is like a um, uh, taken off of like the Daily Show or SNL, and you're in college, and 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 it's so motivating for other college students to hear because especially of the paradigm everyone's in, um, it's time to take action. I feel like. Oh, a hundred percent. This is going to work at some point. I promise. I used okay. to say that about my marriage. Okay, Alexandra. And that didn't. Okay. <laughs> but this will. This will work. Okay. Move at different angles. We'll try to. That, that angle is perfect. Wherever ever you have it is perfect. So don't worry Okay, about gotcha. It. It's, it's kind of glowing in the background, but that is better than the, you know, uh, Monty Python light rays coming over my head. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so go, 
so oh, go back to funny. yeah i'm hoping that was funny that's never happened before in an interview whatever. listen that's <laughs> the, my that's the reason for my show divorce diary moments happen all the time it's the things that you're like wait what like being at the grocery store and you forget to wear a bra oh there's all the pto moms great Oh, yeah exactly oh gosh um yeah but no I, the idea was to start a mini uh snl last week tonight daily show thing for georgetown and what that has evolved into recently is um we actually got to meet with the director of last week tonight a couple weeks ago we're putting that out on our youtube channel this week right uh, yeah <clears throat> and we kind of had a thought that had been growing in our heads kind of crystallized during that interview is that we have a chance here to do something that isn't just a mere imitation of existing shows. We realize that we can actually occupy a niche that isn't yet occupied on the late night entertainment sphere, scene sphere, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so we want to talk about news from the perspective of young people that's important to young people uh, to vocalize issues and opinions that might not otherwise be heard. Um, or to just talk about wacky news that isn't being covered anywhere else. So the, the goal is to not do something that Trevor Noah talked about better yesterday. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so, yes, you're so, right, and, though. And that's, our, that's been our goal very recently. So that's a, that's a new chance. But we figured if we're going to do something, let's have it not just be a stepping stone to what we hope our careers are going to be. Let's have it be something unique in itself. So that's why we, and, and Alexander and I, before I press record, we're talking about Gary Vaynerchuk and that's what he says to basically do. Cause I'm a big, I live and breathe him and he's a fellow Jersey. I which is where I'm from. And he says that about finding the opportunities where there's a need for it. And also that nobody else is really doing. And it's, and, it, and then like, I get fixated on that. And it's like, I feel like you have to kind of find your way in. And that's worked for me in the, the journey I have when I was an actor in college and after college, and then I got married and I had a, a, went into education, I always found ways to find that what is everyone else not doing that should be, or what's, where's a folk, where's, there's a, where is there a lack of focus? And that's the need too. I hmm. love that. So, um, okay, share what, what are the projects you're working on right now? Sure thing. So, uh, some of them are classified in that they go into some pretty, uh, sticky legal stuff with georgetown and the cia but we're going to talk about that when the piece is out within okay that's uh, <laughs> and and so you have okay go ahead I, and then i want to read what you have on your website which is for 20 years old i'm like holy <laughs> crap thank you oh, you're too much um and another one is about how well it, we try to cover both campus news and national international news given that I'm wildly aware that no one outside Georgetown cares or has any right or responsibility to care about what goes on at Georgetown. Like just having this be a uh, satire show about the nonsense related to Georgetown students is going to be like the most entertaining thing in the world for the 5,000 of us, but for yeah. the world worthless. So uh, <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> if any of the, your single friends no have single dads, I'm interested. <laughs> Uh, no, it's more like, um, how are you doing? There we go. <laughs> it's more like drama in group chats. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's like, and the, yeah, no, trust me. It becomes the center of people's worlds at Georgetown. It can, it can suck when it's like you're involved in it, but really it just doesn't matter. And you have to remind yourself when stuff like that happens. When the real, the no real co-eds of Georgetown university, that should be a Bravo show, right? Like, yeah, well, I mean, the drama is, is, in, is sitcom worthy. If you were to yeah. make a show about drama relevant to 20-year-olds, you know, it would be great. But 
<laughs> I think this is great. Okay, so now yeah. what was what was how how did you angle that to find a ways to connect your your you know what's kind of relatable to you as a college student to the outside world? Sure. Yeah, well, we did one take, we did one story about this policy the university was considering called academic forgiveness, uh, which would give. Uh, 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 yeah, I just would, love that. Yeah. Which would give all freshmen uh, the opportunity to take their classes pass fail. And uh, so we did a piece on that. And our take was, which frankly I disagree with, and we took the video off our channel. Uh, we did a take about a couple months ago where we said, ah, let's not bother because there aren't enough students who need it. Um, so that was one piece. And then we looked at how Johns Hopkins had had that policy and then gotten rid of it, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we, we try to, at a minimum, when it's campus-related pieces, relate it to trends in higher education around the country. So hopefully trying to be less microcosmic and relate the microcosm to the macrocosm. Uh, you're, you're talking Gary V terms, too. I love that. Yes. <laughs> I, I love that because I think academic forgiveness is, first of all, is relatable to my life as a 38-year-old mom because my child's struggling with virtual learning. I'm struggling in third grade. How am I not passing third grade math? I didn't pass second grade math and we forgot to take the library class. So where is the <laughs> academic forgiveness? And I want academic forgiveness from the government too. Where is my extra $700 for homeschooling my work? <laughs> because I think that that's, that's a good point though, because a lot, and I, a lot of, I have friends my age who have kids going into college too. Um, you know, you hear my child. Because I, pa pass fail is easier and less and like overwhelming, right? But like in life, you know, you, you get a pass fail too. Like you either get the job or you don't. There's no grade. So you can look at it on that angle. And then also I feel like, um, you know, it's, I definitely can relate to that. And I think that those are great areas that you can touch upon. Okay, what else? What's another one? I'm, I'm interested to hear all these other topics. Sure. I uh, my vice president is obsessed with um, music and YouTube in that she wants to look at how media and culture have shifted social movements over the past like 60 years. Uh, and so the one of the pieces we recently did that we're frankly like most proud of is uh, it's that you might have heard recently about like the hashtag answerous YouTube drama. Uh, essentially, like, YouTube flagged a video from one of the platform's biggest, most popular creators as be having violent content in it, when in oh. reality, yeah, it was just this road rage video where a bunch of mascots dressed as Spongebob and Disney characters were, like, fake punching somebody, and then YouTube flagged it for, like, obnoxious shock value violence and took it down. Uh, oh. Meanwhile, their leading up videos were, like, literally animals were being, like... Right! What is that? Content. Exactly. And then they, they kept long story short there was like m massive backlash from both like markiplier and the biggest people in the industry uh, at youtube the corporation and we talked about that for roughly like i think it was like 21 uh, yeah it was 21 minutes and 20 seconds uh just chronicling that story and showing the takeaways and how it's important for corporate entities to engage with their community when they're making rules like this <laughs> i i think that that's you know this whole thing with uh stuff like that where facebook does stuff like that where they they put these community guidelines up like i'm not allowed to post about my business on a on a mommy page but you can complain about like what the town is doing about the trash on the weekends. Like it doesn't make sense. And it's a little different than what you're saying with this YouTube video, but it's the same like, well, but YouTube, you can keep up videos of like very, very inappropriate things. Mm -hmm. and, and then I get a lot of like trolling on my live streams. Like people, um, not a lot. I was getting a lot of weird comments about um, 
like I'm not even on Divorce Diary Show. Divorce Diary Show can understand where I get some creepy say, hey, you know. Oh, we get that too. And apparently that's normal. Apparently there's been an influx of- um, Creeps? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of fake- oh, oh, joy. Wink, wink accounts. Yeah. So it's funny because sometimes they'll say like, love with a bunch of hearts. And other times they'll be like, I like that with four hearts. And it's like, I'm not sure if that's- No, or a link to- Here or, or not. <laughs> yeah, or a link to something that goes yeah, further yeah. down. And I had that, my theater, my theater companies for children. And I had that, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I said, thanks, YouTube. But, um, but I still love you, YouTube. If you want to hire me for a creator and pay me, it's fine. Um, so like we publicly bashed them in now about 26 minutes of footage. So, and we're fine. So, Wait, so okay. So now, because you have so much you've done and you are doing, I want to just read what's on your website. Um, she has served as an in-house illustrator for Georgetown University's Office of Communications. Her work was used by Georgetown on online and social media platforms to promote the school. Girl, kill him. <laughs> as well as university events and, and initiatives. Meanwhile, probably like the Department of Arts can't even draw a straight line and you're like, oh, and I got this. Oh, I'm just kidding. I work for them, so I'm not gonna comment. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Georgetown, I love you. I, I can't write, I can't draw a straight line. I mean, I'm a comedian, so anything I say, anything I say as a comedian has no judgment by Alexandra. She did not approve my jokes. She might well, disagree. I mean, fair, the standards are weird because I bash the administration in the videos all the time and yet I work for them and also attend their school and need the diploma from them. So that's okay. They, as long as you're writing I, I swear it's normal to like for students to critique them like this. I swear it's normal and accepted. It's 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 accepted because as long as you know whatever your bank provider is sending them a check, they don't care. I, I, I and you know I shouldn't say that it's not the people it's the system. No. Um, <laughs> Alex has illustrated. Okay, so Alex has served as a satire correspondent on the economic, economics, I can't speak, economics, Kevin Cal Callagher's web series, Satire Can Save Us All in Summer 2020. Alex, I, satire can save, you're right, it really can. It can. Comedy. It can and it will, hopefully. And look at what you're doing in a, in a, in a crisis mode. You know, I think you're really taking the opportunity to like platform and, and, and guys, I have not stopped on what else she's done. Let me, uh, this well, is I mean, when you have a fear of constant fear of death by suffocation by multiple means, either yeah. a virus or climate change or dust bowl stuff. You just work because you want to make your life worth it while you can. Ooh, I, I overshared. Oh no. <laughs> can you talk? Oversharing. Oh, but like, you need to talk to some of my grown ass friends who are like sitting and complaining. Thank you. I love that. I'm so, I know that something drew us together on the gram and now I'm like living and breathing. This is awesome. I'm not just John Oliver fan art drew us together and also so, existentialism. <laughs> I took a class in college that was existentialism and I fell in love with all that ph philosophical stuff. And then I got, I got done with my college and my mom was like, what you doing for health insurance? <laughs> Cause I was Crying. a teenager. major. I know. Crying, I made it. <laughs> praying I don't get pregnant I'm just kidding um Alex has illustrated Alex has illustrated three children's books and has had work published by BBC News BBC Books Puffin Books the Georgetown University Institute of Politics and Public Service and Penguin Random House UK what the um, hell may this I is awesome so the yes. BBC Books uh Puffin Random House and Penguin Random are like th those three it was all because I submitted some Doctor Who fan art to uh, this Doctor Who fan art contest when I was like 15. And uh, it was published in an anthology in which all three of those publishers were involved. So, 
<laughs> so it was one so drawing. Exciting. It was one drawing, one opportunity, three publications. But you, but you, the, the thing is, I think this is important for people, any field you are in, if you're, especially when I have divorcees listen to my show or, or people just going through a breakup, when you put your shit out there, when you, when, excuse my language, I know we're trying to, well, when you put your stuff out there, you are going to get a response and it's not like holding on to my, I'm not sure what I should do. Filtering it is important. I think that anyone in any age bracket and in anything that they're going through in life, whether it's struggling through school, whether it's divorce, you put yourself out there and it can, it can happen. Your work has been featured by a variety of groups on social media, including Disney XD and, and the late show with Stephen Colbert. Can you talk about the late show with Stephen Colbert and your experience with your work being on that? Sure. And uh, so full disclosure, uh, it was national TV talk show host day at some point last year. And I like Drew Stevens saying happy TV talk show host day, tagged the late show and they put it in their Instagram story. So that was fun. <laughs> so I didn't like work awesome. for them. It wasn't state sanctioned, but it was a really nice thing. You got highlighted and that's awesome. <laughs> and, and I, he lives like a town over from me and I've seen him at Kings and I've put in my resume that I've worked with him because we were in the same grocery store and we work together with staying patient online. Wow. Yeah. And no, like I, when I was, at that the was BBC, like 10 years ago, when I, <laughs> when I was at the BBC, the intern sitting next to me, like got, got the drift that I liked that stuff. And she said, Oh yeah, he's my neighbor. So like, what? She's like, yeah, I see him running out in sweatpants to get his mail like every day. So small world. <laughs> he's a really nice dude in, in the area of where I live. And I live in Nutley. He lives in Upper Montclair. And then everyone knows him. He's a, he's a real cool. And he actually went to the same church that I did, that I got married in. Oh, so you're Catholic. I'm Catholic. You're Catholic. Transitive property. <laughs> but here's the thing. I was raised Catholic. I just believe in, I'm spiritual. I, I feel like I want my daughter to be educated in all different religions because I have you know, Ganesha, the remover of obstacles. It's a Buddhist. I think it's Buddhist. Someone bought me from Indonesia. And I just love anything that uh, is spiritual and is a universal feeling of love. Cause that's what I feel God is not to get into a deep conversation about, about spirituality, but it's important because like my daughter's going to have her communion in a few weeks, but I'm like, but I got to pay money yeah, I have, for the uh, classes. I'm I go to this virtual Protestant church and we just, we are been having virtual communion, which is really interesting. Interesting experience spiritually. It's a little bit harder to connect. What do you take like the weight? Do you pretend you got like a sugar wafer? Well, they say I always wanted to do get, that. Get your, your supplies at home and then work it out at, at home in your living room. And it's, it's working. It's a little bit harder to concentrate when you're not like in the sanctuary, but you know, we're making, hey, we're, we're trying. <laughs> I want to, and I'm going to share this is this is the John, Okay, so this is the John Oliver picture right here. Oh no, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you about to show them? <laughs> Am I allowed to show them this? Sure. Oh, that one's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The this only one I don't want publicized is the one from like last summer where he, he's like a chibi Japanese character with like a heart next. That's the only one I really I love. won't put anything else up. I just love this. <laughs> this is great. I'm considering deleting that one. I don't know what yeah. to do. <laughs> no, keep it up. I mean, I think that your work is awesome and I think that um, what you're doing is motivational, inspirational. You're a very um, uh, kind energy. And oh. I think that um, lots of people need to have surrounding themselves during this paradigm shift of COVID-19 with, with professionals, whatever your age bracket is that, that connect to your world. And that's why I wanted to have you on and talk oh. about what you do now. You know, so with the John Oliver picture, you, so you, so was it on his show too? Oh no. Oh my goodness. I would probably explode. No, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately the, um, 
the only time that fan art's been featured by John on the show. I mean, okay at, some point, at some point it looks cool, right? At some point it looks like space. I love it. It's some, it's some, <laughs> we're talking about spirituality. That's a sign. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. No. Um, okay. um, the only time fan art's been featured on a show is when you had that, the rat incident and he was showing oh, yeah. drawings of the rats. Um, <laughs> and so and my friends were like, Alex, you realize if you draw him as a rat with Adam Driver, you'll get on for sure. And I'm like, that's the one thing I am not willing to do. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, who's your favorite? <laughs> if you had to pick a favorite comedian or, fa or couple, who's your favorite comedian? It doesn't have to be late night, but do you have a favorite go-to comedian that you enjoy listening to? I mean, well, so John, you know, okay, there we go. Um, if you haven't listened to The Bugle, you absolutely should. So okay. uh, it's, it was ran from, I believe, 2008, uh, and then John left in 2014, I believe. I hope I have Yep. And uh, he was on that with uh, Andy Zaltzman. Mm -hmm. uh, I know Andy Zaltzman, yep. Big fan of him. Yeah. I, love how, I love the verbosity. I love how he uses big words, but that makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah he knows how to contextualize it yeah exactly and so I, I I love what they do I could go on for a while but Andy wrote a book and that's one book I've been trying to get around to reading uh during quarantine that's <laughs> awesome and do you so what are your what's your school year like are you in are you on the university or you're off campus so yeah so Georgetown was smart well for for several months the plan was to have like 2400 students go to campus and uh -huh. live on campus because that would mean each person would get a single uh yeah. but around a month i believe before school classes started uh they said actually no we're doing all virtual and frankly yeah. good decision i, yeah. I think that decision made just a little bit earlier but i i know that that decision was the result of a mayoral order so great good so we're safe. So I'm at home. I live 30 minutes outside, uh, away from campus. Oh, that's great. So my, my dorm, my campus, my, my life is just my room and my porch. Alternation. Are there, are there friends that you have that live far from Georgetown that are like struggling with the time zone difference or are yes. they having struggles? Do you have anyone in your life that you know that you go to school with that are having struggles? I'd, I'd be curious to hear that from, as a mom, and as an educator with my daughter struggling in elementary, I'm curious to hear the college side of it. For sure. Well, I have a friend who lives, one of my closest friends li lives in Thailand and he, uh, he's always like 12 hours off. So uh, I'll text him a little in the morning and then a little bit at night and they'll be like, yeah, it's morning for me. Uh, so, wow. and then we have a new team member on the show who lives in Korea and she says she's just completely, um, readjusted her sleep schedule. So she works from like five uh, she wakes up at like 5 p.m. Uh, her time and takes classes through like 5 a.m. her time. So, you know. Can I just tell you, I can't wait to plug this episode because this is giving anybody who's sitting their ass at home and not getting up and doing shit. Like, <laughs> and, and you know what? As a mom with like, I have 500 things to do. I, I still am like, I got to get up at 4 a.m. I got three hours to go before she wakes up. Oh. You know, but like, because you have that, that, that drive, that hustle. And I had that hustle too in college and, and I, I still do. But when, when your life journey takes you in different places, sometimes you, your hustle changes a little bit, but it's invigorating when you also feel other people mm. doing that kind of mode. Like this girl is in Korea and she's like, I'm going to just change my sleep schedule and <laughs> make it happen. Right. And some people would be like, no, I can't. There's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my house you know yeah and really infringing on my ability to wake up early and do my job yes 
So what, no, I think this is, there's some, some juicy, great stuff here. I I think, um, we definitely, I definitely want to have you back again to talk more and see throughout the school year, like what you're doing and what's, and what's happening. Um, I would die for a divorce diaries cartoon. So I got to ask you what your price is for that with like, maybe like the men, my future second husband. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I go I go on a quote basis like unlike most deviant artists of one of which I used to be I, I go via the used car salesman model so oh, I, I love that you describe hello yeah hello <laughs> hello this is my I'm Michelle's teaching assistant and I perform with her for kids um, <laughs> I don't need anybody to draw me because I am a work of art <laughs> <laughs> is that a skirt <laughs> yeah it is it's like don't you interrupt me. It's my time. All right. <laughs> That's my puppet. So I just wanted to show you. This is what. Of course. Is that for like a Sim- Simpsons merch? Yeah. <laughs> She's a character. I got her when I saw Puppet Up in Vegas a couple years ago. And um, I used, I wanted to use her for my daughter for just, and for when I was, I was t- used to teach full-time theater. Um, and then I just went back to performing again full-time. And now I use her. She's, she does kids comedy with me, but she originally was just a, a like a, a souvenir from a show but she oh. has lasted like five five four years you don't even know how old i am <laughs> right. um I but it. so that's well, a little that, bit but i I'm used a uh, puppet too at the end yeah uh, bowser mcschnauzer who was yeah. there to bash the show and cal would have to desperately convince him it was decent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i would so i want so so i want to have you on again so we can continue exploring where you are and how the shows are going what is the biggest project right now or what is the, the thing and if you if they, they could be all of them but what's the one thing that's in your heart right now that you wish mm-hmm. you could dedicate all time to that sure. you can't get out of your head like sure. for me, it's divorce diaries and I have my theater company, but like if I could just sit and, and write and be on stage 24 hours a day, I would do it. What's that for you? <laughs> sure. Well, and frankly, I'm glad you asked because, uh, well, I, I said we weren't allowed to talk about it. I can name it and then I can't talk about it. Right. So I, okay. I, I work for the Lincoln Project as their cartoonist, uh, their that. political cartoonist. And one of their big things at the moment, one of the big things that they've specialized in from the beginning is that they want to see a return of civility and decency to politics. And I can tell you, being immersed in the kind of Georgetown student uh, social activism student circle, yeah. that's a huge problem, is people being on both sides, let's be clear, on both sides, being unwilling to understand why the other side reached their conclusions. Doesn't yeah. mean you have to agree with the conclusions, doesn't mean you have to think the conclusions are moral or acceptable. It just means you have to understand their background and where, how they got where they are. Thank you. Yeah. And like, because there's yeah. a huge thing going on with cancel culture and I have friends on both sides of the fence and I don't talk politics about it with anybody because I don't feel like getting in it in some kind of discussion where it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm, I don't. And I like the, the big double C word aside, like that, that, that word's been so, that whole concept of cancel culture has been so thoroughly thrashed and tainted, right? <laughs> like yeah. the people on both sides have opinions about it, whether it's warranted or whether it's, it's you know, so I sometimes like to frame the debate as uh, it's a matter of love. It's a matter of empathy and forgiveness and understanding and trying to understand your fellow man on a, on, or woman or you know, fellow person on a spiritual level and on about why, why they believe what they believe and just being understanding that's all if we were just a little bit more empathetic with one another i think the vast majority of 
social media conflict issues would be solved. The vast majority of political issues would at least be less tense, which is what we need so desperately. I think that who I, I think at some point I would like to meet your parents and tell them what an amazing job they freaking did. Because because not many 20-year-olds know that. And you know what? Not many 40-year-olds know that either. And it's, but it's like what I tried to preach to my daughter about empathy. And um, you're awesome. Um, Alexander, I can't, thank you. I can't (laughs) wait to see where you grow. I'd love to connect with you in your, anything you need as a divorced single mom that pops into your satire stuff, please hit me up. But I want before, but we have one more. Yes, guy, guys. I was kidnapped as an intern for this comedy school in New York, and they're constantly looking for ways to get more people to attend their events. Which school? Uh, it's called the Manhattan Comedy School. Uh, okay. Andy Angle and, and international headliner uh, Karen Brugreen. Uh But I frankly, you gave me like right after uh, like we had our graduation show for the stand-up. That's awesome. I, like, I assume that you had found me, you were at that show. And you no! Found- oh, the- <laughs> hashtag, girl. I found you on the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Yeah, I'll keep putting as much time into social media as I will without guilt. That's wonderful. So, so that's what that's what we want to tell everybody. I found her on the hashtag of late night comedy because I'm trying to get on a late night. I'm trying to get my set on late night. Now you submit it to your agent. I have my agent submit. I submit to bookers, but they don't respond. So I'm going to do my own way. I'm going to plug <laughs> on social media as best as I can. And also, a magic tip. Yes, please. Yes, that's what I want you to do. You DM people on Twitter. You DM them on LinkedIn, and they are down. Like, it's shocking how okay. available so, people are to talk with you on Twitter. And- say that again. So she just gave us the magic hint. Okay, I almost regret it. <laughs> no, no. Well, DM on Twitter and LinkedIn. Actually, I have been doing that. I'm glad you say that because Gary says it too. Like, unf- like, unfortunately, two of the big... Yeah, exactly. Gary, he says it, too. Gary is pink. Yeah, um, Instagram, they don't really check as much, I feel like. Yeah, well, Instagram, yeah. It doesn't work as well for some reason. I think there might be more spam bots on there. But- spam, spam bots, yep. And then Twitter, some of them have... don't ha- Some people don't have the message link part. Hmm. So if they do, I'll, I'll hit them up, but I'll also make it personal where it's not a copy and paste, which takes more time. But at the end of the day, I've had more... I've had more luck with that, but you, Twitter and LinkedIn. Okay. Cause yeah. I, I have been doing that. I'm glad, I'm glad you say that because I'm going to keep doing it and, and just hustling and also not being like a harassy stalker weirdo, but <laughs> I'm do. only like that with the guys I date. You, you share genuine, sincere thanks and admiration for their work and say, I would love to learn more about it. And because, and it's, it's not really a grift cause it's true. You want, you love what they do. You, right. It inspired you and you want to learn from them. But no, if you DM that to people, um, they like two of our biggest interviews for the show, which by the way, has a relatively small following. I don't like to admit it, but we're small, we're growing. But You're going to grow, of course. <laughs> no, thank I hope I praise you work so hard. Uh, two of the biggest interviews we've had thus far just came as a result of DMing or adding people, literally like at uh, the co-writer of Animorphs, because someone on our team really wanted to talk to the co-writer of Animorphs. We're like, can we interview you? you? And at some point, and he's like, yeah, absolutely. Send me an email because we couldn't find his email anywhere. So we were yeah. the most ratchet thing possible and it worked. So I think that, that, I think you're being proactive. I think you're, you've got the right, um, the right personal motto of empathy and authenticity, authenticity, authenticity. And I love that. And um, we're going to have her back on again. Uh, we, we're meaning my, me, myself, and I, I always say that even when I'm dealing with my child, I'm like, I, I'm, a, I'm the only one here. <laughs> we're giving her therapy. I'm like, mom, my ex-husband at? 
Um, so I wanted to come to the part, I love this part of the show where I get to, um, you get to ask me questions and then you get to interview one of my exes. Now, um, are you okay on time? Because I know we're running over the usual time frame, but I'm having so much fun talking to you. Are you okay oh, on time? You. Of course, yeah. Okay. No, we have a show meeting at 12.15. Oh, we're good. We're good with that because I, at 12, yeah, we're good. Okay, so um, if those who are listening, I'm, I'm obviously single. <laughs> are you single? Are you, are you dating? Are you like, eh? What I are am, you? I am single. I have not been in a relationship. Uh, and don't be one. You are 20. You're young. You got your whole life ahead of you. <laughs> I'll, take boys and I'll take you for it. Unless I die of suffocation in the next month. No. (laughs) Here's the thing. Like I never was in a full blown relationship either in college or high school. I was dating. I had fun and I don't regret that. I look back. I met my ex-husband at 23 and I thought at 23, I should be in a relationship and getting married. And it wasn't like that. I wanted to get married. We didn't get married until I was 20. How old was I? 27. But we were, so we were together for a long time. We got engaged. We lived together the whole nine yards. But then I look back, I'm like, why was I with somebody in my 20s? Because in my 30s is when I was like, what, 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 what? I'm, I'm dancing up on the bar, like, Boop. I don't. And the thing is, like, even in my 30s, I'm glad I'm not in with somebody now because I, I, I can, people grow and change so much. And we don't live in the 40s and the 50s. We have internet. We have people travel more. People have kids at an older age. Some people don't even have kids. Like, I hope that no potential people who I might be interested in dating someday see this. But, like, I kind of think <laughs> it might be better. I kind of might be, think it might be better to wait just a little bit. Because I'd love to encounter yeah. someone they're, like, fully cooked and understand themselves. Like, not. That's a great. Not, I love not, I love that phrase. Not, not yet an adult. Like, I want them to know what they're all about and get used to college before anything happens you know i, I just I, I, yeah yeah it's, the, men in their 50s don't know what life is all about <laughs> right yeah it might be yeah good point but no i'm kidding you know what it is everybody evolves i i so um i so speaking of the, the dating world i've had some exes post-divorce that are some crazy loonies um and they probably think i'm a crazy loony too I mean, the thing is, I, so my tagline, I don't know if you saw on the thing is I teach kids with special needs and I date men with special needs. (laughs) You can laugh at that. It's supposed to be funny. I had once, (laughs) well, I still, the thing is like, I'm an actual, like I have my principal certification. I have a theater company for kids with special needs. It's the truth. But like when people, some people are laugh at that and this will be like, wait, really? Like you have, you date men who have severe disabilities. I was like, I'm like, what do you think? I said, first of all, it's it's like they're allergic to my commitment pheromones, you know? And like, so I, first of all, I want you to ask me three questions and then you're going to interview one of my exes that I do in the show. So first, sure. uh, Alexandra's going to ask me her three questions and we're going to go, she's going to, the last part of the show is she's going to pick uh, one of my exes to interview. Sure thing. So I have three questions. None of them are like dating related. No, they don't have to be. They don't have to be. Gotcha. So I was going to ask you because I, 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 I learned a lot about your show before this. and I, I know, was, you're I, awesome. You're on top of it. I saw you subscribe, girl. <laughs> Three different counts. I try to do my, I try. You're I try. awesome. Um, let's see, what is your favorite medium to work with on the internet as a comedian, as someone who's trying to be funny? Like, do you like using videos? Do you like using images? Do you like using just voice recordings? What do yeah. you like and why? I love Instagram and I love videos. Um, because, uh, a video and vi- Instagram is my favorite. It's just my go-to. I look forward to kind of p- tapping in, um, and I can record myself doing a joke. So I think that's my go-to. Um, and then I like doing the pictures with, with 
tags. You know, like I love creating content. Um, I've learned that tremendously in the last six months, um, even more so than from before. So video for sure. Mm, gotcha. And then what are your top three or five or one, whatever, uh, tips for performing in person? So nostalgia trip, ready top, to top three are, uh, take a breath and use pauses. Mm. Um, have fun. And that is such a broad thing, but like, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, then you're, this is going to suck. So smile and look around. Are you so telling me to smile more as a woman? Yeah, I know. <laughs> smile, you look pretty. No, have fun. So like meaning find something in that experience that can make you feel good. Whether it's like, oh, there's a guy here that I've been talking to, great. Or um, this is a crappy ass audience. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna say something they wouldn't expect, right? Mm. Um, and then the third thing is use your body. Mm. So I'm a dancer, I've been to train dancer, and, and so I always use my body and my performance. And I feel like if you physicalize how you feel and the emotion you're trying to express, it comes through more to people. And it's that that's those are the best things I can say. Have fun, use your body, and take pauses. Gotcha. And then for the medium of Zoom and virtual stand-up performances, how do you take that wisdom and transfer it to this new medium? Ah, um, so what I have taken from the Zoom shows and, and working virtually is taking even more pauses and allowing myself to connect more with the audience. So although I tried to do that before, but not as much with the virtual shows, you're, you're doing a talk show. Even if you're doing stand-up, it's not the same. Mm. So taking in your audience and taking longer pauses to wait for the joke to hit. Gotcha. Well, I mean, in, in, in a way, whenever you watch a comedian on a screen, it's the same sort of thing, right? You just, yeah. The comedian themselves has to act in a way that's, transferable to the eye of a viewer sitting at home and entertaining in that way. So I'm sure the physicality, hopefully is something people might've already been doing that they might yeah. not have. I, I think the physicality thing, when I would do, did voiceovers years ago, I probably was your, I was 23. I did a voiceover demo and um, my casting director was like, you know, use your arms and your, and I was like, Oh, this is great. I do this anyway. I'm Italian. I talk with my hands. And when I noticed that it helped get out the objective of the commercial spot I was doing or the line. And so I always say that because even if you're, you don't have to be like me where I'm always like this, but it does help even if it's a little something. Sure. Yeah, definitely. For sure. At least moving with it, you know, yeah. Just speaking of the physical thing, I got to get this out as like a public admission confession thing. So uh, this past March, I had the chance to go to the week before quarantine hit, like four days before New York was put under a state of emergency. I bussed myself up to New York and went to four late night shows in a row. Uh, and so long story short, like I met John, that was great, you know. Yay! And then, uh, and then one of them was Seth Meyers. And oh, they, yeah, I love Seth. they asked for like volunteers in the waiting room to, for a special thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, are we going to meet Seth? I, I didn't know what they were going to ask. And then they asked us to dance in front of 600 people. <laughs> and I let it be known. Like, I might dance alone in my room while singing Cats, but I don't dance in public. And uh, I literally didn't dance. I just stood, I was, <laughs> you know, in front of 600 people. And it was probably, 
you know when you go to bed and there are things haunting you in the back of your head that you just yeah. like, like burn? That's one of those things. So whatever Usher, whatever NBC page saw that and thinks less of me for it, I'll never meet you again. But I would like to say that I'm more, I'm better than that. That's all I want to say. She's better than that, Seth. Can you have her back on? Okay. That's okay. If, when I make it to late night, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you there in the audience and you're going to be dancing with me because I'm going to be like, hey. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to try. I'm going to, I've been working we on can, it. We can do so many. I have, I do a younger guy in my show too, who was right out of college. So it'd be funny at some point to do something with your group and be like, she's this divorced mom who showed up at the college party. We're not really sure if she's like a mom of one of the kids or dating one of them. Like we're really unclear. It would well, be funny. Call me the mom of the group. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think I'm a 50 year old British man. inside. We have to definitely create something. I think it would be fun just talking with you now on the podcast. Okay. Time for the Michelle does her exes. Who do you want to hear from? My daughter's playing a video game really loud behind me. Can you lower that a little bit, Grace? I find it cute, first of all, and I find it okay. It but you cute. hear it, right? It's like <laughs> the coins. And it feels so much better. At least my dog is like shushed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so who do you want to hear from? You have the coach, the cop, or the Greek. Well, I want to stay away from any possibly political landmines, so I'm going to not do the cop. Uh, who are the <laughs> it's funny because I, I had stopped doing him a little bit. Oh, gosh. And, and it wasn't, it was, I was like, I probably should, I should pause him for a second. But I, he's one of the exes I do. And I don't bring any politics into it, but he got retired for a hot second. But he is one of the exes, the Greek, the cop, or the coach. So the co okay, the coach, uh, the cop is out for today. So what would you like to hear, the coach or the, or the, uh, how about the coach? All right, let me go get the coach. I'm going to, I'm going to, we'll be right back, uh, guys, if you're listening. Um, what's up, everybody? Hello, how are Hi. you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Good. Uh, uh, Michelle, yo, put that away. Got my kid in the background, and um, you know, uh -huh. yo, honey, can you lower that? She don't listen to me, but but that's Michelle's kid. She doesn't listen to me because you know of our relationship. And nobody's watching this, right? I don't want anybody to know that I'm here. Well, I'm sure that Michelle is going to do a phenomenal job promoting this, so you might be well out of luck. Yo, man, I told her to stop tagging me. I, my wife doesn't... I mean, I mean, my... my okay, do, you, do you want me to screw over my lighting to make to make it better? I, I you you, you look beautiful. I mean, not that I'm hitting on you. I, I, I'm a grown man. I don't do that with, with anybody well, I, under I, I'm 21. I'm not a minor, so... Well, I have never, <laughs> I, I'm married, so, I mean, oh, yeah. I was separated, you know, like, <laughs> so, as I was, so just to be clear, your stepdaughter is very skilled. She's going to be, uh, you know. Listen, it's, yeah. it's not my stepdaughter, it's Michelle's daughter, and I'm not in a relationship with her anymore. Oh, oh. you're missing out, man. So sorry. Well, my, my wife didn't like that I was missing out on our marriage so i mean i don't and i told michelle i was separated because like i was you know my wife was my wife was on one side of the bed and i was on another that's what's called scientifically a big yikes <laughs> yeah well i mean it definitely was when my wife found out 
<laughs> see how are you doing i'm sure that that was an interesting experience fist pump how Let's badly were, here. how badly were you whooped <laughs> well i mean i, I michelle michelle not, not yeah <laughs> i was naughty but I, i'm i'm nice man i'm a good guy i, I like i coach football I coach baseball, coach field hockey, I coach gymnastics, I coach brownies. Gotcha. Well, you know, yesterday on CBS 60 Minutes, there was an interview with a football coach who was notable for uh, being, like, being the worst possible motivational speaker to his students and uh, having, like, a voice that you couldn't hear, and that's why they brought him on. I, I need to watch it again, just to gather again why they had him on because i'm sure it was bigger than that i'll, I'll definitely watch them i was watching the jets game you know they, i'm a jets fan oh, so you don't watch cbs 60 minutes wow i am a, <laughs> I, I got i got 60 minutes right here see oh very nice very nice i don't have that <laughs> i have i listen i i had to give the illusion of that but um ann taylor oh. does me good <laughs> i like ann taylor you know especially on my women um mm. I'm not trying to disrespect you. I mean, but you got a mom, right? I maybe, do. maybe we could talk your mom. We could all talk together. <laughs> I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to do nothing. I'm not trying to do nothing. What are you looking at she, me for? I think she would take our kitchen knives and lob them at your forehead. <laughs> not again, man. I, listen, if Michelle asks, just tell her block me again. I'm not gonna message her again. But she better not be looking at anybody. No, I've had about 10, like, sugar daddies text me on Instagram in the last week. <gasps> feeling that you were the fourth one. Yo, I'm out. Don't. Yo, I'm out. I got changed my Instagram again. I'm out. <laughs> All right, give it up for the coach, everybody. <laughs> for the coach. He's, a, um, he's really a character. You know, it's funny that you say that. I've been, I, these, these, these sugar daddies need to stop. <laughs> I've done some posts about them. They are creepy as fuck. And it's like, no. where is the community guidelines of the shit? Where is it? And like, I keep getting harassed by like some doctor in like Tanzania who heals marriages and herpes apparently. Because he said, <laughs> apparently, there was a post on like I, I I did a pitch for divorce court and they 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 put the same person put like oh, I got cured for herpes on the on the woman's divorce court post. I was like, what? It was just like, funny. Do you think that any one person is going to be interested or tempted or something by this Instagram presence that you've established for yourself? It's like four photos of just cash lying out on your table is seducing no one. Well, right. And they're also like, yeah, it, but you know what? It, uh, there's women that do it too in the DL. I've seen oh. women say looking for a sugar baby and I'm like, girl. Oh. Well, I know, I, but I don't know what's going on. A match made in spam, I suppose. <laughs> on that note, I love that a match made in spam. She's hilarious. She's witty. She's smart. She is kind, like I said, and welcoming. Alexander Bowman, can you tell everybody where to find you? Sure thing. So the Hilltop Show can be followed at, at Hilltop Show on all platforms. Please subscribe on YouTube because we are, while we do pieces about the Instagram, the YouTube algorithm, we're trying to show that we have some chops ourselves. So it would be really nice if we could up that subscriber count just slightly because we, we have a team of 40 plus people. They're all working their tails off and we got to give them some love. So that would be really lovely. Hilltop Show on YouTube. Uh, I just followed you too. Yay! Fantastic. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, I am Alexander Bowman Art on Instagram and Scripta underscore Bene on Twitter. Uh, okay, so I gotta get your jokes. There will be Georgetown specific advertisements for elections, uh, but tr 
there will be things that interest you. I can commit to that. And Wendy Williams is retweeting my tweet, so we know Twitter works. Boom. Um, wait, Alexander, can you tell me one more time your Twitter your Twitter follow? Sure, uh, at scripta underscore Bennett. Uh, because when I was 10, my mom told me to make an email address that I wouldn't need to change when I was 20. Uh, so it, it means written well in Latin. Got it. Uh, and, or, or good writing, depending on Google Translate's mood that day. I'm going to message you for, and you send it to me because I'm having like, I'm a slow, obviously I've not failed. I've failed third grade ELA too. So um, she's going to message okay. me and I'm going to share it on my story too, because you're awesome. And I can't wait oh. to have you back. We're going to work on a November date. And I want to, I want to talk about some, some more stuff guys. Um, stay tuned for one final message from the divorce diarist show podcast with Alexandra Bowman, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Divorce Diary Show Podcast. And thanks to my special guest, Alexandra Bowman. Please go check her out and please keep living your happily divorced after.